Hello and welcome back to QC Uncut, uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. I'm Sean Leary, your host, and today um, my guest is Brett Hitchcock. Brett has been a guest on the show a few times, and he is the artist. Um, what is your exact title over at Circuit 21 of the Speakeasy, Brett? I know you're one of the co-owners. It's the Director of Audience Development at Circuit 21, and uh, Speakeasy, I, I guess uh, the same thing is probably appropriate, so okay. it just makes it easier. And, and Brett, if, you, if you're getting a little bit of feedback, Brett is uh, on speakerphone, because obviously in our age of social distancing, I am doing this podcast uh, in my home, um, and uh, we're recording it from the phone. So, thank you for tuning in, and um, Brett, obviously the first big question is... Uh, being that Speakeasy and Circa 21 um, have had their business completely wiped out over the last couple weeks, um, what has uh, let's let's flash back to when this was first announced. Um, what was uh, the reaction from you, from Denny, from the employees over there? Well, to be honest, Sean, when everything, I guess the proverbial shit hit the fan, I was on a cruise in the, in the Southern Caribbean. So I was uh, I was out of the country. Which, and which is another thing I wanted to talk to you about because obviously you're in quarantine for a while. I am in quarantine at home for two weeks. I'm, I'm in the, in the starting the second week. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I think that you know, as far as as far as the reaction, I think that there was just extreme disappointment. But at the same time, you know, the, the bigger concern was making sure that we were taking care of number one our employees and number two the guests and not putting anybody in un, un, you know in unnecessary unnecessary harm. Well, that was actually, you guys were one of the first places I thought of when people were starting, before uh, Governor Pritzker had had ordered places to close down, um, you know, I was thinking that a lot of uh, the patrons at some local theater groups, Circa 21 included, are in that ask at-risk category. Um, A lot of them, they're older folks, and even if some younger people are around obviously those are the people you need to look out for are people who are older who might have underlying health concerns uh things of that nature absolutely you know that that was the thought process you know as i was able to communicate on the ship which was pretty sketchy until we couldn't get back in the country and then carnival gave us all kinds of access back to the mainland but uh as i was communicating when i could with denny uh and then diane our business manager and uh you know, basically had decided, you know, by the time I was finally able to communicate with them that we were going to shut down uh, just in the best interest, again, of the employees, um, our dedicated staff, and then also of, of the guests that we had coming up. So, and it came at kind of a, you know, it's, it's never a good time for something like this, but we were getting ready to open Saturday Night Fever. Right. Uh, when we, we were in rehearsals for that, we were able to get through closing night of Kinky Boots, uh, and that was as far as we got. So we didn't, we didn't get Saturday Night Fever open, so we've got a wonderful production of that when we shut all of that down um it, basically some of the actors decided to go home from the areas that they were in, that they came from originally you know, that i don't know whether it was new york or new jersey or <laughs> atlanta or other places but a few of them opted to go home um others opted to stay in our in our cast housing which we provide for those that come in from out of the area and have kind of stayed put you know with the hope that you know we're going to be able to get reopened here but you know again we have no clue. I mean, the city of Rock Island has no clue. Right. I don't think the state has a clue at this point. The feds don't have a clue. So we're really kind of stuck in a holding pattern here at this point, just waiting to 
um, waiting to get some sort of indication on when, when we might be able to. Um, what were some of the costs that you incurred because of this, and how um, were any costs ameliorated in any way? Were you able to, I know dramatists charges royalties, were you able to um, you know, defer those in terms of Saturday Night Fever, obviously, since you didn't have any performances, um, but you have to pay ahead of time. Um, did you, were you able to get that back? Um, and then the other question, obviously, being you guys had, you know, you have a lot of food purchased, things of that nature. You know, were you able to donate that to, to shelters or anything, or how, how were you able to, to deal with those situations that were kind of out of your control? Well, I guess in one respect, the uh, uh, positive, in a sense, for us was was because we were in between shows. Um, we did not have we were we were running ourselves out of the food that we were serving uh, during Kinky Boots, and had not completely stocked up yet on stuff for Saturday Night Fever based on the menu that our chef had come up with. Mm-hmm. So we were what we were left with was not very much. I know there was some cottage cheese. There were a couple of pans of lasagna uh, that were never cooked for Kinky Boots that we sent to the actors mm-hmm. um, at, at our actor's house. There was some cottage cheese uh, that was distributed just among staff that wanted it. But other than that, I think we were in fairly good shape. Everything else that we had was were things that could be frozen. Uh-huh. And so they can just stay in the freezer, uh, and they're fine until whenever we need them. So... Um, what's the morale been like in regard to, to this happening? Um, what, I mean, well, how, how, how has everybody been holding up? Well, I think it's just, it's, it's, it's just really disappointing to, you know, to everyone. I mean, I haven't had a chance to talk to a lot of the staff members because again, most of, most of our hourly people were already laid off by the time I got back in the country. And because of being on the cruise and the CDC quarantining me right away, I was never able to go into the office. So I haven't seen most of them since early March, like March 5th was my last day, but that Friday was, so I haven't seen any of them. Now, you know, we have, as most businesses do, kind of a closed Facebook page, you know, for employees, and, and Diane, our business manager, has been wonderful about keeping that updated with with new information on, on, on helping them file for unemployment, and some of them were having some issues doing that simply because the system is overloaded right now, right. you know, with everybody trying to do that, and then, you know, with, with insurance and things like that, and these other, these other payments that were uh, just approved in the stimulus package. I mean, she's been doing a good job of trying to keep everybody updated through that. Um, I think it's just disappointment. I think it's apprehension, not knowing, you know, the fear of the unknown. You know, how right. bad is this going to get around here? You know, how long is it going to last? And, you know, you keep hearing different answers to everything. I mean, some for some people, it's, you know, probably by the middle of April, you know, and, and I know Bill Gates was saying he thought, you know, six weeks was probably a bare minimum. Right. You know, I've heard other people say June. So it, I, it just, it's the fear of the unknown, I think, for everybody right now. We simply just don't know at this point how long this is going to, how long this is going to take hold and, and how long that we're going to be sitting here, you know, worried about you know, worried about our fellow citizens and, and, and trying to get through this. Well, and, and the, the arts are always, you know, it's not as if you have, um, uh, I was just, I was going to say, it's not like you have a lot of money on reserve, a lot of, you know, a, a, a huge amount of cash. But then again, apparently neither do giant industries because they have to ask for bailouts from taxpayers, even though they don't pay any taxes. So. Correct. Correct. Um, I, I think that I want to, uh, I want to applaud Mayor Tomes and the city leaders in Rock Island, and also at the same time, Brian Hollenbeck and the folks at Dari, because they were very proactive right. um, and, and looking at ways to help those of us in the down, well, in Rock Island that were having to close. Um, 
have some sort of of access to some funds and so um again i want to applaud both of those organizations because again for people like us you know well everyone is affected i know some of them have been able to stay open some of the bars i know david icons has been doing martinis out the door and and, uh, some like that so i mean some of those guys have been able to you know continue on a on a very small scale um certainly not i'm sure you know filling their needs or meeting their needs financially um but again we're not in that kind of situation so we've had to close completely so you know luckily um you know we have a little reserve you know I, I, again we don't know how long it'll last and you know there are fixed expenses that we have that aren't going away right you know and uh and, and so you know there'll be less obviously payroll will be significantly less because we i believe we only have about three or four people left on payroll at this point mm-hmm. um, everybody else has been laid off um, some of our production people, our customer Greg Hyatt is still working on Beauty and the Beast, which is supposed to be our summer show. Mm-hmm. Um, our stage manager is working on props for uh, Beauty and the Beast. We've already had to cancel completely our run of uh, Grace for President, which was our spring show. So we've already postponed that entire production until next year. So I mean, we're we're, we're just kind of we're just kind of playing this one day at a time and then dealing with things as they come up. You know, the nice thing for us. That's that Grace for President? Grace for President has been canceled this year, yes. Okay, that was that was a kid's show, wasn't it? It was, yeah. So that's back on our schedule for next year, so we hope that uh, you know we'll be able to put that right back in. And uh, Susical is our summer children's show, and right now that's still we haven't done anything with that, so we're hoping that by then uh, we'll be up and going again. So, But again, who knows? Right. Um, what, what, what's the... Um, have you talked to any of the actors or any of the uh, other folks, the, the bootleggers, in regard to how they're doing in terms of this? Um, I have heard through Denny that you know the, the actors that stayed are are doing okay. The ones in the actors' house, I know they've had a couple of. Uh, our director for the show was from Fort Myers, Florida, mm-hmm. and I know that the other day she did a, a little dance. She was our director slash choreographer, and so she was doing a little bit of dance stuff with the actors. I don't know if they were at the actors' house doing it via you know skype or something so she was communicating with them that way um ron may who's local art musical director has uh has offered to continue working with them i think via social not social media but zoom or skype or one of those other ways as well through this process um as far as the bootleggers i really haven't texted with a couple of them uh and then just looking at the comments that are coming up on the uh, on that closed Facebook group, the employee line, which is most of it has been, I'm having trouble filing for unemployment. What do I do? Yeah. And again, I think that's just because the system is so inundated with you know millions and millions of people now trying to file that uh, you know it's just bogging everything down. But I know it's progressing. I know that uh, Diane was saying that she's checking every day and seeing employees that are getting through and are getting filed, which is which we're glad about. You know, and again, it's. The guests were, were a huge concern going to this, but so are the employees. I mean, we've got a wonderful, wonderful staff, and uh, you know our, our concern is is for them. You know, making sure that they're that they're going to get this unemployment money, that they're going to get this stimulus money as soon as possible. So, you know, they avoid as much hardship as possible. What What is it like? I mean, how heartbreaking is it to be walk to walk through the theater? Well, I mean, obviously you can't. You're you're distant from it, but I yeah, I mean, how heartbreaking is it though to to you know have the theater being empty? I mean, this is the first time in decades that the theater has not had a show up for an extended period of time. Yeah, the last time would have been when we had the small fire in the back. Right. I believe that was 2006. 
seven or so, and we were closed for a month. Yeah. Um, at that point, but since then, yeah, I mean, it's it's awful. I mean, and and we are having uh, weekly calls now, actually sometimes twice a week, with about uh, twenty or so other dinner theater owners from across the country, and everyone's in the same boat. I mean, some people have already canceled entire productions of shows. Now we did that for the kids shows I mentioned, but some have already canceled entire main stage productions. Mm or postponed of next year and and you know everybody's dealing with different state issues i mean right. some people are in states that that aren't as affected yet so the regulations aren't quite as clamped down as others like illinois you know where we uh, governor pritchard kind of shut everything down now and and we were proactive in doing that anyway um so it's it really it's just interesting to see i think eventually everyone's going to be locked down and closed i mean most of them are already either they voluntarily closed or they have you know through the state regulations and whatnot through their governors they have already closed right. so yeah. but uh, that's a dangerous slope those states that remain open and you're recognizing that other states have closed that opens you up to a lot of legal issues too where you don't want to be yeah. sued by someone because you stayed open just for everybody just to do it right and you know suggest the, the social distancing is that you're hearing so much about on tv but then also you know staying at home and quarantining yourself and and for us you know i've been doing that with my four-year-old grandson now for a little over a week and uh right now he's busy jumping off my bed or jumping <laughs> on the bed and so it's uh so that's presented a whole nother series of challenges but uh uh but at the same time it's uh, it's been wonderful to have that one-on-one time with him too so right um, what was it like being quarantined? And what was it be like being on a cruise ship? A cruise ship, of all things, in the midst of something like this. Well, we knew when we left, there were 14 of us that went on the ship. And we knew when we went on that, you know, there was this potential. Because there was certainly, you know, this was certainly top of mind when we went on. And there were a lot of people that had canceled prior to us leaving. Because uh, Carnival Cruise Line, who we went on, and I will say they were absolutely wonderful during this entire process, um, started giving us more and more credit. Mm-hmm. We had so much onboard credit to use that I was just buying liquor to bring back in. I mean, I bought a bottle of Buffalo Trace, which is usually $40 bourbon. I bought it for like a buck thirty-five after I used all my credit. That was my out-of-pocket. It was a buck thirty-five. So, uh-huh. I mean, they, they were giving us so much. They were giving us, I think we started with for almost 550 or $600 worth of onboard credit mm-hmm. when we got on the ship. And uh, so we, it was a week-long cruise. We started in San Juan, Puerto Rico. We were to end in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Uh, the morning that we were to get off, uh, my girlfriend and I got up, went up to have breakfast, and we weren't docked yet, and we were still sitting offshore, and I said, this isn't right. And we'd been assured before that there was no issues, that nobody on the ship was sick, and that it should be no problem at all to get docked, and, and, and everybody would get off, and there would be no problems. Well, that morning, we were sitting offshore, and, and shortly after that, the captain came on and said, you know, the government of Puerto Rico is not going to let us in. Um, even though nobody is sick, we've assured them no one's sick. Uh, the plan now is to go to Miami. That's our home base, and we've been assured by um, the um, you know Miami Port Authority and the U.S. government that we would let you back in. So it was two extra days on the ship, um, but the uh, uh, carnival, again, from a customer service standpoint, could not have been better. I mean, everything was wonderful. They kept the food packages open. Thank God they kept our liquor packages open. Um, so we were able to spend two extra days on the ship, mm-hmm. uh, got off and got home. But then, you know, to, to get off and realize what's going on and then having the, the Center for Disease Control saying, okay, 
you come off a cruise ship, now you're quarantining yourself for two weeks. Right. I mean, it's kind of a surreal thing. And, you know, I've never been quarantined before. You know, you've heard about it. Right. But I've never been in that situation. So to come off of that ship and to have all 14 of us be told, essentially, okay, you're quarantining. And, you know, we're thankful that we were able to come home. Mm -hmm. You know, that we didn't end up in a military base somewhere. Or just two more weeks sitting offshore in Miami on a ship. Right. You know, that, that they were able to let us off and... and you know, we got through customs and, and all of that with no trouble. In fact, we were a little surprised. We thought we would be tested coming off the ship. And there when, in fact, we got through customs with no issues whatsoever. They didn't test us. They didn't take our temperatures, which in one sense, I thought was kind of irresponsible. Yeah, that's really kind of strange. Yeah, and there was usually there's dogs, you know, that sniff everything. There was no dogs. I mean, they basically were just seemed like they were just trying to get us off the ship and get us going our own, you know, getting, getting us going home. So, so I'm you were tested or anything? Nothing. You know, we were we had our temperatures taken getting on the ship. You know, right. they had those little meters they put against your head and they take the temperature it comes yeah. out instantly. Yeah. None of that. They didn't take our temperature, they didn't test us. Coming off the, the so coming off a cruise ship, which no offense, they, they have kind of a sketchy I mean, they've been the punchline to many jokes in regard to being a floating petri dish of, of yeah. you know, disease. Yeah. Um you you get off the ship after a couple of weeks you'd been on there. Yeah. And they don't test you to see if anyone's got it. They don't. They just release you back into the population without yeah. anything. That was exactly it. And we spent we spent a, a night in Miami because United screwed up our flights. So there was other issues with that then too. So we you know Miami is now a huge issue, and we were right down in the middle of that for a night. So 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 they well let me let me get this straight. Okay, so so they let you out. They they let you out the cruise ship. They don't test you to see if any of you are sick, and then they put you in a hotel. With a bunch of other people that don't know if you don't know if anybody else is sick or anything like that. So it's like here, let we're gonna take you guys. Don't know if any of you are sick, but potentially you could be. And now we're gonna throw you into a spot with a whole bunch of other people so that you can potentially infect them. Welcome to my vacation. At least, at least you had the cheap booze, Brad. Yeah, that's right. I had the booze package, so I, I had set, That's when we, when we woke up the, the, the morning that uh, we found out we were going to get in San Juan. You know, with cruise ships, people that haven't cruised before. You know, if you buy liquor on the ship or you buy liquor on the on the uh, excursions that you go on, the cruise ship doesn't let you have it back until the morning that you're leaving because they don't want you drinking your own stuff. They want you drinking theirs. Right. And so I got all of my my seven bottles of liquor on Sunday morning before we found out that we weren't getting off the ship. So I thought, well, if worse comes to worse, and they shut our liquor package down with Carnival, I've got seven bottles of booze in my room, so I'm good to go. So. I, yeah. <laughs> So, so are, are they having Alcoholics Anonymous meetings through Zoom now, Brent? Apparently so. <laughs> no, it was, but it was, it was weird. I, again, I thought it was, to some degree, very irresponsible of customs not to do more. I mean, they took, right. again, as I mentioned, they took our temperatures going on the ship. Yeah, I know, that's weird. Yeah, but coming off the ship, and the group I felt most sorry for, there were some Puerto Rican residents that were on the ship with us, <laughs> and the president of Puerto Rico is the one that denied us. First, the Port Authority did, and, and Carnival made a, uh, uh, they, they called and, and were able to reach the president of Puerto Rico and ask her about, you know, whether she would make an exception, and she said no. Uh -huh. But there were Puerto Rican residents on the ship, and she wouldn't even take them. Whoa. So those Puerto Rican residents had to sail with us to Miami, 
And then again, God bless Carnival because they paid for the flight to get them from Miami back to San Juan. Uh-huh. But I think of all the you know of, of, of the most frustrating thing that happened during those two those two days, those extra days, that was it. I felt really sorry for the for the Puerto Ricans because here they are, they're a storm, they're a stone's throw away from their shore. And their own president wouldn't take them. Yeah, yeah. Which sucked for them. And, uh, you know, and then they were very confused. In Miami, at the Miami airport, we ran into quite a few of them that just were kind of, they didn't know where to go or what to do. And so they had, you know, they were, you know, United was the carrier we were flying. And so they had somebody from United that was there trying to get them organized and get them on this plane that Carnival was renting or using for them to get them back to San Juan. It was a real mess. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. Um have they stayed in touch with any of you in regard to that, or has anyone like stayed in touch in terms of you know, hey, how are you guys feeling or anything like that? They have not, and you know what they did was they they were very clear the day before we got off the ship. They had a question and answer period with all the brass on the ship, and they invited everyone to come in. It was one of one of the big theaters. Everyone that cruises know that they have these enormous theaters, and so they had a question and answer period in the theater where we were able to ask about testing that day. So we knew kind of going in that they weren't going to be testing, which. Again, we were all surprised about, but other people had an opportunity to ask other questions, and um, so we, you know, we kind of knew what was coming. And I lost my sorry, I lost my train of thought. My grandson's throwing pillows at me now. Okay. So, but um, I'm sorry. What, what was the question again, Sean? Do you remember? Um, I asked if they had kept in touch with you, anyone from the cruise line, or anyone from the government, or anybody who, who'd like you know known that you were on a cruise ship. That has anyone kept in touch with you, like you know, asking or, or just to check in to see? Because obviously, like if all of you are on the ship together, if someone starts showing symptoms, then the the possibility, since you were in such an enclosed area of the, of it, you guys contracting it would also be very high, and thus the possibility of you spreading it to whomever you've been in contact with would also be high yeah no, it was uh it was a whole it was a whole series of things it was just uh again it just it was just a real surreal time and no carnival has not kept in touch with us um what they did tell us was that if we incurred any extra cost like an extra night of hotel or you know any other any other expense that we could turn that in and uh, they would reimburse us. But our feeling was, you know, they weren't responsible for the flight problem. So they gave us two extra days on the ship with, you know, with liquor and with all the food. I mean, they didn't cut any kind of the services that we had, you know, when we were on the regular cruise. And we figured that was worth whatever extra expense, a couple hundred bucks or whatever else we would have been out. Right. They certainly covered that, you know, in those two days that we had to stay on. And again, it wasn't their fault. It was the president of Puerto Rico that wouldn't let us back in. Right. So it wasn't it wasn't a carnival issue and right. and uh, not, no I have not heard from them as far as you know are you sick there was a Facebook group that was started with people before we left on the cruise several months before where people would just be posting things and asking questions and there was one post I don't know probably a week ago saying that one of the people that was part of this particular group I think on the East Coast had gone into the hospital and they suspected that maybe he or she had it but they didn't know yet. They're waiting for a test. How are you feeling, Brett? Perfect. Okay, good. No issues, no symptoms, anything else. So I've been fine. Good to know. Good to know. Um, when, when eventually this, I mean, eventually this is going to shake out. And again, like you said, nobody knows. I mean, I, I would guess uh, J.B. Pritzker has been very conservative. And that's the best way to be in terms of a pandemic. You want to be conservative. I I don't understand people criticizing him. This is a case where you, you would rather be safe than sorry. You would rather be off for two months 
and not have a lot of people contract the disease um, or the virus. And rather than the the alternative, which is you rush everybody back, and then all of a sudden you get a whole bunch of people who have it. That's correct. Our 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 position with that right now is that we are listening to the doctors. We're not listening to people that are giving opinions right. or what they think are going to happen. We're listening to the doctors that are talking about facts. Right. And so that's kind of what we're that's what we're listening to at this point. Um, right now, we have scheduled to open Saturday Night Fever on a matinee <laughs> on April 15th. Mm-hmm. Now, do we think that that's a realistic date? Um, I think maybe we thought so a week ago. I'm not sure that we think that anymore. Uh-huh. You know, because of the way this has just exploded. So we really don't know. We're going to have a conversation uh, first of the week uh, with myself and Denny and our business manager and try to come up with what we're going to do, you know, especially with Saturday Night Fever. You know, we already canceled the, the Spring Kids show. What we're going to do with Saturday Night Fever at this point. Um, we would sure like to get it open, but again, we're not going to do that at the expense of our staff or our guests. Yeah, I would I would venture to guess um, I, that given the, the, the spread of it at this point, and I, I would think that, that we're going to hear something more from Governor Pritzker canceling things through the end of April. That's just speculation, pure speculation and opinion on my part. I'm just looking at the map and the way that it's spread through the coasts. And, and I think that being proactive in the middle of the country – is the best way to staunch the spread of it, and I'm not going. That's not just opinion. That's also the the you know thoughts of the the dot of Dr. Fauci and the other professionals. So, I mean, some of those doctors that the, 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 that the president's using. I mean, I think Dr. Fauci, I think, has, has been very credible, and I, yes. you know, I really, you know, uh, I really appreciate him and, and and his opinions. And so again, that's what that's what we're doing. We're going on facts here. We're not going on hunches or I think this is going to happen or I think that's going to happen. So. We're waiting, at, and you know. So again, does that April fifteenth date seem unrealistic at this point? Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, that's that's a decision and a conversation that we're going to have on Monday to try to you know figure that a little bit more. Right. Um. What do you even when? when this is all over it's going to be surreal i mean it's going to be surreal coming back in and and i mean it's almost like you know it's like a whipped dog you know like bringing a whipped dog in your house and you try to pet it and the dog's kind of like shrinking away um i mean bring a dog from a shelter that's been abused and you're trying to be affectionate with it and it kind of is hesitant in regard to that and the same thing with people after being socially isolated for so long and being away from groups of people, I think it's going to be really strange for people to get into groups again. And part of it, I think eventually people will be like, oh, thank God, and then everybody will get back into the swing of things and they'll appreciate it. But at first, I think that it's going to be very trepidatious. Um, how do you think you know that's going to be in terms of Circa and um, you know just in general for the local arts scene? One of the things I think that... Uh I think that may be a long-term thing for, from this whole experience is that, you know, people may not be, you know, you hear about shaking hands and giving hugs and, and things like that and fist bumps, and you may start to not see as much of that anymore. And that's a, that's a sad thing, but uh, uh, but that may be something that, uh, that's a long-term thing that comes out of this, you know, where people aren't as hesitant to do that anymore just because you never know. Right. You know, and give hugs. You know, we, we are a very huggy industry, and, we, you know, I like to give hugs as Denny does to people we haven't seen for a while and and that's the kind of thing I think that you're going to have to stop and pause and uh, and think about 
you know, really before you do that, you know, at least for a while, shaking hands and, 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 and all of that. Um, I do think from an art standpoint and from a food and beverage standpoint, once we finally, whatever that is, we finally get the okay, I think people are, I, I think people are going to be out in droves. You know, after being cooped up for so long, people are going to want to get out and do stuff. And I hope that that's, you know, I hope that's a benefit for places like ours. I'm sure for, for most, a lot of restaurants it will be, even though a lot of them are still operating, again, on a smaller scale. Um, but the hope is that, uh, that these people are going to come out in droves and they're going to have a good time. And they're going to want to be um, entertained, um, you know, for a few hours. And so they're not going to have to worry about all the stuff that's going on or any bills that may have accumulated or something or how they're going to pay for things. You know, that they're going to be able to come out and be entertained for an evening and not worry about any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. What do you think the financial aspect of it is going to be? Obviously, a lot of people are hurting, and again, they're going to be coming out of this situation um, um, in not as good of a financial position as they possibly have been. Do you think there's going to be a curve um, to kind of get people back into where they feel financially secure enough to go out and have that extra money, have that leisure spending? That's a possibility. I think, you know, you, you are going to have, that's where I think it comes down just to the segments of the population that you're talking about. For some people, you know, the reserves are probably there, you know, and, and whether they're in a salary job or something like that, where they're continuing to get paid through this whole thing, you know, where financially they won't be a lot worse off than where they were when it started. Right. You know, when you're talking about, you know, actors or people, that, the types of employees that we have, actors and food and beverage staff, kitchen staff, those people that have not been working, yeah, absolutely. I think that there's going to be a, you know, they may be less likely. I still think, you know, I, I still believe that people are going to want to get out. You know, right. even if you're on, you know, you're skimming by, right. to finally be able to go sit in your favorite bar again or to be able to go to your favorite restaurant again and go in and sit down or, you know, meet with groups, you know, that are, that you know, groups of friends that you haven't been able to see for how long. Right. I still think people are going to be longing to do that. You know, and I know that there's things popping up now like Zoom, you know, where people are sitting having cocktail hour. Right. with friends on zoom and stuff like that and and that's fine that's one way to keep in touch but it's not the same as as being right there you know with them and so i think that you know even even folks that you know financially may be really strapped coming out of this they're still going to be longing to get out and do something after being cooped up for however long this is going to be right um anything else that you'd like to add that we have not talked about that you think is uh, relevant to this I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty much everything we've got at this point. Okay. I, I, um, can people buy, obviously people can still buy gift certificates and, and can, can order things yeah, through Circa. Should, where should they go? Our online sales are still open for both venues. Uh, you can go to Circa21.com to buy gift certificates. You can also go to the speakeasy.com uh, to purchase gift certificates for the speakeasy. Uh, so, yes, both are open. You also can purchase online tickets for Beauty and the Beast. Um, so, or any of the shows after that. So, you know, online ticketing is still open in both spots. Uh, I don't know how much the speakeasy is open at this point. I think it may have been shut down a little bit more just for the uncertainty of what's going on. But, uh, but you can certainly buy gift certificates. You know, that income is certainly appreciated, you know, during this time when we have nothing coming in. Um, so we would certainly appreciate anybody doing that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks a lot, Brett, for taking time out of your day to, to talk with me. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. 
And thank you for listening to QC Uncut, uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with me, your host, Sean Leary. Once again, my guest today has been Brett Hitchcock from Circa 21 and the Speak Easy in downtown Rock Island. Uh, please do come out and support them and their shows, as well as all the other great live entertainment venues here in the Quad Cities once things get up and running. And again, uh, stay tuned to quadcities.com. We're always giving you the best information that we can in terms of live streams, um, entertainment that is available online, and um, where you can find restaurants that are still open and still are delivering and doing curbside and things of that nature. Once again, I'm Sean Leary. Thanks a lot for listening to QC Uncut. Stay inside, and I hope you have a great day.